You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another edition of After the Jack. I'm your host, Tyler Ma, here in the studio at the Shepparton News. And to my left, Ash Williamson. Ash, uh, how are you going? Yeah, good thanks, Tyler. Good, uh, good afternoon to all the listeners, or if you're listening in the morning. But uh, great to be back for another After the Jack podcast. It's been a big couple of weeks in GV Bowls. And Brian Nisbet, Brian, uh, not our usual Tuesday afternoon recording, no. but I'm sure you'll still tell us how you went uh, in midweek. How did you go? Yeah, we uh, scored 40 to 13 against Marupna Golf. Uh, every player in the side played well, and it's a real team effort. And we continue to play like that. I can't see any other rinks um, really beating us for the year. Are you unbeaten for the year so far in the midweek pennant? Your rink? Our rink, uh, due to a little thing that happened on the green, we lost against Marupna, but. We were leading at the time, but there was a bit of a thing that I won't go into detail, but it's all been resolved. We're all a happy little four, and uh, we hope to continue. <laughs> uh, I'm not, not sure about uh, – you did even mention the overall once then, Brian. I'm not sure about that attitude. What, the overall score? Yeah, we won easily. 91 to 50, that's, I think it that's was. That's what you're going to lead with. There's no I in team, but there is in Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's good from you, Ash. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, get into it. Uh, Vic Open, obviously the, the last one in Shepparton, has been run and won in all the different categories. And um, I don't know about you boys, but I thought it was a really great send-off. Highest entries ever. Um, you know, it was it felt like a really good feeling around the greens. And um, it, I thought it was, you know, a good Victorian Open to to round out the 10 years. Given, um, yeah, certainly I, I agree, given the um, the last couple of years being called off with COVID and things like that, and I thought it was fantastic that they utilised the grass greens at Shep Park for a lot of the, or for all of the finals, but even the semi-finals and things like that. Um, traditionally in the past, they've played and live-streamed on the carpet green, but um, Shane Walsh and his greens committee at Shep Park are to be commended for the condition that they presented the greens in, not just the fo- couple of finals days at the end of the um, event, but also throughout the week and to all the clubs as well that were able to get involved and Obviously, there was a lot of scrambling, um, trying to get some new host venues on the fly with floods and things like that. So, for it all to be pulled together, uh, it was a magnificent effort for all involved. And it was a great local flavour with some of the winners as well, Ash. Uh, you've got a list there. But, um, you know, to see uh, Stacey Collier and, and Mark Ryan take out the mixed pairs and um, Mark Ryan, uh, Matt Robinson and... Um, Guy Madigan take out the men's triples. Yeah. Um, you know, Seymour, expat, uh, Alison Hall took out the Vic medal as well as a couple of events. Yeah, so. yep. Um, and look, uh, it's it's always nice when the when the money stays in the Golden Valley. But, um, you know, Mark Ryan created his own sort of bit of history uh, in claiming the pair, uh, the mixed pairs and the triples title. Uh, completed the set of Victorian Open titles. He'd previously won the singles in 2012 in the final against Lee Schrainer and then paired up with his then Shepparton Park uh, club mate Brad Orr to win the, the men's pairs and uh, winning the triples and the mixed pairs gives him the full set of four. The only other person, of course, to have won all the events at the Vic Open, Lee Schrainer. So he's in pretty elite company there and, um, you know, obviously 
it's a bit bittersweet, I guess. You know, um, the event has brought so much to bowls in the Golden Valley region and to the clubs. But I, I'd f- fair to say there'd be a lot of clubs and volunteers and that that are breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, so much effort goes into putting the event on. You know, you think about all the players and the entries, but all the stuff behind the scenes each day, uh, multiple disciplines. Uh, there'll be some tired people uh, enjoying a well-earned rest. Yeah, they certainly will. Uh, some of the other winners, Ash? Jay by Norris defended his singles crown. He'd waited a couple of years to do that. Uh, he didn't get it all his own way, though. He... Um he just snuck past our, one of our favourites, Brent Reiner, a Reiner in the semifinals, 21-20. So Brent uh, advanced to the semifinals there and almost beat the eventual winner. First pers- first man, sorry, to defend the singles crown in the history of the Victorian Open. Obviously, Carla Krasanik won uh, th- the, the singles three times in four years in the women's event. But uh, great effort from Jay by Norris. Defeated Tim Cromie in the finals from Yarrawonga, so um, not far up the road from us. And uh, in the other semi-final, Tim Cromie actually defeated Brad Orr, the um, the Shepherd and Goal superstar. So there was um, a chance for an all-GV singles final. wasn't to be, but uh, well done to Jay by Norris. And uh, in the women's final, Cassandra Millerick was one of the pre-tournament favourites going in, uh, and she did make the final, but uh, went down there on that occasion to Catherine Greenslade from RBC 21-12, who I don't know a lot about, to be honest. Didn't have her in my top 10 contenders, but obviously had a fantastic week and uh, rolled the hot pot there in the final, Cassandra Millerick from Moama. Certainly. Apparently she's uh, she's involved in coaching in if the Australian Jackaroos. Okay, yeah. Up on the Gold Coast. She She's from... Richton in South Australia. Okay. And she's obviously a, a, a very good um, pennant player, or in her own right, a very good singles bowler. Yeah. And she, she's obviously on the uh, on the radar then if she's with the young Jackaroos. And I've got an interview here with the lady who became, um, who was equal third, the beautiful um, Samantha Atkinson from Druin, a lovely girl and a, a pleasure to play against a. Uh, a young person with um, so much charisma and yeah, you personality. Actually, she actually knocked you out of the mixed pairs, Brian, ended your giant killing run there. And um, that I actually saw a bit of that game at night time there. You actually went off for a lightning delay or a thunder we did, delay. We and, did. Um, but, yeah, she's obviously in the state squad and, uh, you know, a young and emerging player. Yeah, yeah. You thought she'd go on and win the singles. I did. She was my tip, and she um, her form looked very impressive yep. in the early knockout rounds, but uh, found one a bit too good on the day. But she she would have been pretty happy with her week, Brian. Yeah, I would have seconded that comment if I would have known you said it after they beat us in the pairs because she's, she's a quality player. But um, I thought Ori, the way he bowled in the, in the other matches, uh, Brett Marnie had him down yeah. uh, 15-10. Mm-hmm. And he never scored again, I reckon. Or he just played the big shots and... Yeah, yep. Yeah, I thought he'd go on and win it. And Tim Cromie's a lesser known of the Cromies. Yes. His two sons... Kobe and Tyson, yep. ...are more well-known than Tim. Tim Lee led for Deer Park last year, mm. but his sons played uh, lead and third, and they got all the recognition. You wouldn't have thought Tim was even playing. Well, um, he actually gave um, Mitch Sidebottom a touch-up in uh, about the last 16, I think, 21-7. And um, I spoke to Mitch after it and he said, I said, uh, what happened? And he said, 
just a brilliant display of draw bowling. And um, he, that, that form carried through all the way to the final. And, um, you know, playing his Depart club mate, J.Y. Norris, who got out to an early lead, but Chromie found his range and it was quite a high-quality final in the end. So uh, a magnificent way to finish the Vic Open stint in the Goulburn Valley. Uh, quick turnaround, Tyler. They're heading to Terralgan in March. So... Um, pretty much right on the heels of our pennant season over here and probably a lot of pennant season so you don't have much time to get ready and pack the pack the things and head off yeah well i imagine entries will be uh, nearly open again for for the next edition so they um, might they might just roll over if you entered for this one it's a two for one deal well, uh, well we'll we'll touch base with bv about that but uh what we do have to wrap up the vic open is that uh brian is but out and about roaming brian uh did get out to see the one and only Alex Marshall. Um, I, I did see you there following him around at East Shepparton for a bit on one of the days, Brian, and um, you've uh, sat down and had a chat to him. So uh, lead us into the into the interview here, uh, Brian. What can we expect? Well, he fronted up out there and the first time at East Shep. I got out there. I've sacrificed my Saturday bowl show during the Vic Open on 1FM. I got out there about just after 8 and... Uh, Went up and uh, went and showed him where the um, where you go and sign in to play. He was sitting around in the corner, and went and ordered his lunch for him and all this. You know, as his self appointed manager, mate. I enjoyed it and then lined him up for an interview later in the day. And he was only too cooperative to um, be involved. You just had to butter him up a bit, did you? That's right. Had to butter him up. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll hear from Alex uh, shortly. You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Welcome to After the Jack. I'm out of East Shepparton. I'm doing another special interview. With my um, number one man here, Alex Marshall, my favourite bowler, and I regard him, he's, he's still the best bowler in the world. He's well known as the GOAT, and he's just um, polished off Nino Vlahov in um, his last match, defeated Chris Young in the first one in the men's singles. He's played on every uh, green out here, and uh, are you impressed with the facilities, Alex? Yes, I think East Shepherd's a, a great facility. You know the greens are fantastic. I've had a game on the on the outdoor surface and the game on the indoor surface. The, the, the outdoor surface was certainly great. Really, really enjoyed it. Great hands, great speed. But the indoor surface was a little bit slower. But uh, but yeah, I got off to a slow start against Nino, but I managed to play a lot better and put uh, some some balls closely together and managed to get the win, which takes me through to the next again round. Yeah, he's an interesting character, Nino, isn't he? He's been around and um, he played top bowls. He got um, in New Zealand. He got an invitation to come to the Gold Nugget, which is a prestigious event in Queensland. And uh, he had 18 years out of the game, and um, he's come back with a bit of a vengeance. I think he'll be—he's only 67. He's got a few good years left in him still. Yes, definitely. You know, you know, quite well but just didn't get the results that he wanted to so you know the two games you know even Chris Young you know I've heard yeah, so much about Chris Young oh, uh, two really good players in your section so I knew it was going to be difficult so 
Yeah, very happy to get uh, two wins out of these two games. Yeah, you had to earn your victory. They didn't give you an easy draw. Um, it's a blind draw, of course, but um, yeah, you had it. It's better to have really good competition because it gets harder early on as it gets harder as the tournament proceeds. Yes, yes, definitely. But I think first and foremost you concentrate on your section first, and then once you once you ha you do happen to win your section, you know the games are going to get more difficult from there on. So uh, I'm not very sure who I get in the, in the first knockout round, but uh, but I'll need to be at the top of my game if I want to go further in this competition. Well, you certainly started well. You and Cassandra Millerick went very well in the pairs, mixed pairs yesterday, and. Um, I'm looking forward to Tuesday where I play on the adjacent rink in the in the knockout, the second knockout round. Yes, myself and Cassandra went great at Tatura yesterday. Uh, Cass was fantastic leading, uh, giving me lots lots of balls in the head. She was, I was very impressed by her performance. And uh, yeah, there was a few ends that, you know, it was very, very close, but with three good victories in our section, then we won the knockout game to take us to Tuesday for the next knockout game. So really looking forward to that one as well. Well, you'd have to call Australia second home now. This is about your third or probably your fourth or fifth trip out here, but tomorrow I'm going to be, your, what, third or fourth? Ah, to be fair, I think I've had about 25 trips over to Australia now. Yeah, you know, from, Amma, from day how one. Nah, Moama, I would probably say five or six times yeah, I've been to okay, Moama. Yep. So, so, yeah, it's, it is, I, I do call it my second home. I just love it. I love the, the competition. You know, the competition's very fierce, and I think that's very good for my game, and that's why I keep coming over. Yeah, and you love the Bowls Premier League. And you, had, you had a bit of success again this year up at uh, Pine Rivers, and now you're looking forward to the Ultimate Bowls Championship up in Moama around about December, the um, middle of December. Yeah, you know, the BPL was, I think, one of the, the best events in the world. You know, to top the section and that BPL was very pleasing but you know we just kind of failed the last you know the two bites of the cherry in the finals where you know I kind of underperformed and let the team down but you know we'll look forward to the next one hopefully I'll be involved in it and yeah we move on to the UBC and uh, yeah representing Moama where I represented the uh, Bay Pirates at the BPL so so yeah it'll be another, another tough competition and uh, another event that I'm really looking forward to He'll be playing with big Kev again, Kevin Anderson. Kevin's actually in the other team. Well, He's in the green team, but I'm in the black team. I'm playing with uh, oh, Cass, two sides, yeah. yeah. with uh, Cassandra Millerick and with uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Burnett. So, yeah, good side. So, yeah, let's hope that we can uh, play well and uh, come away with uh, some of the questions when we be involved in the competition. Yeah, great. And you couldn't make Paul Foster's coming out too. Yeah. You know, I think the UBC, uh, I think it's great for the UBC, Paul coming out. Uh, first time in the UBC, and I think he'll do exceptionally well. He's a fantastic player, one of the best players in the world. And I'm sure everybody there will, will be excited to watch him play. Yeah, when's that? What are the exact dates? I actually think, it, I'm not actually 100% sure, I've not got them in my mind, but I think it is the 9th to the 16th, I think it is. I think it's six days, yeah. Yeah, well, look, it's always, it was fantastic. A, a few years ago, I saw you play for the rest of the world team, and then you, um, then we had the Premier League and then Ultimate Bowls, which is for three weeks, four weeks at Moama, it was just unbelievable. The world's best, all going round, and uh, look, I enjoyed every minute of it. Ah, look, yeah, Moama's a fan, fantastic uh, club, they're both fantastic people. 
Uh, and you know that, that's why you, you know they get a lot of the big events because they can accommodate that. But Kevin and you know the Bulls manager and Stu and Liam, the the CEO, they do a fantastic job there, and that's why they get so many big events because they're very professional about what they do. And why did you prefer Moama over Deer Park after having a season there? You're beaten in the grand final of the Premier League. Um, you won your rink, but you went down. Bryce Young played a conversion shot with the last bowl to beat you of the match. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was an awesome ball uh, at the time. And uh, but yeah, you know, it was you know playing for Deer Park was a privilege and a pleasure. Uh, and because of the UBC, obviously playing with Mama, but the, the travelling back and forward to Mama to Deer Park it was quite a lot. But no, because the you know the UBC is at uh, Mama, you know, it was a it was an easy decision for me to go with the Mama guys. But as I say, I loved every minute of Deer Park, a great club and great people. And who are you pairing up with in the triples? Kevin will be one. Yeah, I'm pairing up with Kevin Anderson and John Swallage, which his nickname is Swanee. He's just a social bowler, but he's a great wee guy. So, you know, that's a triples event that I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, and um, you're playing you're playing in all the disciplines of the Vic Open, which is fantastic. And um, and then you're playing against Dee Shepherd and my pennant team on the uh, 2nd of December at Kyabram. Last year, I compared your sportsman's night there, which was a great success. You were very popular and uh, really enjoyed that. And then you're going down to play, you play Penna for Moama on the third, and then you're going to Sunbury to play for them on the fourth. Yeah, it's quite a busy time, but you know, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be involved with other clubs. You know, Kyabram's just a small club and, you know, they, they approached me and, you know, I grabbed it with both hands. You know, I'd done a, a wee exhibition, you know, the last time, as you say, you know, it was a great night. So it's just like giving something back to the club for, you know, for playing for them. And then obviously the pennant for Moama on, on the Saturday. And then we've got, I'm going down to uh, Sunbury on the Sunday. Uh, Mark Bullows and somebody kindly asked me if I'd, if I'd play for them so so yeah that'll be another good experience playing for another club so yeah really looking forward to all the challenges and Sally Beach um, has been um, one of the reasons you've been introduced to Kai Abram and got an affinity with them yeah Sally and Connor you know I've, I've met up with them a few times had a good few laughs with them and we've, we've had a few good few games of balls as well so I'd like to thank them as well because it was them actually got me involved Kayabram, so yeah, thanks to them. Yeah, Connor Drew and he used to play here at East. Now, when you play us, mate, you make sure you you know you go easy on East Shepherd, and we're struggling a bit this year. Lost a few players, but um, no doubt, I can't see you doing that. No. And it, we hope to get a big crowd over there and really support the night. Yeah, you know, I think the Kayabram team would be happy with playing down with you guys, but nah. You know, I've got to go out there and I'll be trying 100% like I do in every other match for any other club or for whatever other team I'm playing for. So, you know, we'll go out and enjoy it and be the best You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Welcome back to After the Jack. Great to hear from Alex Marshall there. I, I forgot to give uh, three warnings before that interview. The uh, the wind warning, the waffle warning from Brian and the uh, the wee accent warning uh, because I, I think if you haven't grown up around a Scottish accent, uh, Alex might have been a bit hard to understand there. But uh, Ash, that's uh, just great to great to hear from from uh, one of the best bowlers in the world. Yeah, our man's done a fantastic job again in terms of sourcing interviews from the highest and 
most uh, biggest profile people in bowls, and there's obviously none bigger than Alex Marshall. And great of him to give Brian sort of 10 minutes of his time, obviously after playing in the, the sectional singles at East Shepherd and there during the Open. Um, and just just listening to his schedule coming up, he's, uh, he's obviously very highly in demand. Brian, uh, do you reckon there'd be a few foldies coming his, coming his way with all those appearances? Well... I'd say he'd have a sort of a set fee for each game. He probably the same as what he gets at Moama. I'm not, you know. And he's going to Sunbury too. I think it's money well spent, even though we've got a few, I'll say a few players out at East aren't impressed about. But I'd, I'd love the challenge of um, saying I played in a team that comprised Alec Marshall. Yeah. I was really looking forward to playing out there on Tuesday on the next rink to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it didn't happen, and we were, our match was brought forward to yeah to Monday night at Chip Park. That's the way they had to had to do it. Yeah, yeah they had to organise it. So, do, do you reckon? Do you reckon he got paid appearance money at the Vic Open? Because I know I saw he was doing quite a few sort of um, sponsors obligations. Oh, I couldn't. For, a, I couldn't answer that. But Hensel every Light possibility. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, he is sponsored by Henselite. Yeah, and obviously Moama Bowls Club, there'd be some sort of arrangement there. Yes. He's playing the the duration of the uh, the pennant season there. But, um, you know, obviously it brings a higher profile to not only the Vic Open, but the Benigo competition that he'll be in as well. So I, I think it's just he's just been uh, a breath of fresh air for Bowls uh, out at the Vic Open and yeah. going to Moama and Deer Park. I haven't heard any person criticise... His oh. demeanour, I think he's, yeah. he's, he's etiquette on the green is first class. I, di- I did. Um, I do have a bit of a story. He was knocked out in the singles by a bloke called Tom Tom Maristic from Tom, Tom Ristic R I S T I C. Yeah, from um, MCC, and I heard that um, there may have been. A bit of angst. Um, yeah, t- Tom's quite a passionate player. I've come across him before in the Vic Open. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, didn't take too kindly. To um to something during the game involving Alex and I'd, I'd imagine Alex would have been the gentleman out of the two and um but you know as they say winners are grinners and losers can please themselves and I think um Tom was quite chuffed after knocking him off in the singles uh albeit though um in probably a way that maybe didn't uh, show the greatest of sportsmanship there was a bit of um, argy bargy between the two about you know wicks and lucky bowls and that sort of thing but um certainly he, um you know Alex made the knockout in each each event. He didn't win um, any of the events. So it just goes to show that on your day, um, you can beat the best in the world. Yeah, it's a great level of bowls, and uh, Tyler will agree with that, no doubt. Yeah, certainly. Uh, anyone who I've beaten in a bowls game certainly agrees that it's a good level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll, uh, we'll move on with the, uh, the, the pennant. Um, yep. We'll try and keep it short and sharp so we can get this uh, episode online tonight. Yeah, well, I'll kick off with the review of uh, last week's pennant yep. after the Vic Open. It was uh, round six. Yep. In um, Division 7, Alex received a forfeit from Seymour, and uh, Seymour apparently had 11 people with COVID, and they've had a bad run down there at their greens and in. So 14 zip to Alex. Rushy thump Violet Town, 76, 21 by 55 shots, 14 zip. And Abinald down to Wielden by 42, not 14. In uh, Division 6, there were three close matches. Marupna lost to Stanhope, 214 by 6. Park defeated Yarrow, 14-4 by 4 shots. And Dookie thumped 
Um, and Kai defeated Yay by six, 12 points to four. Dookie thumped Shepherd and Golf by 32, 15, one. In Division 5, was round eight. Dookie lost to Alex in the match of the round by two, four points to 14. Topside Colbo defeated by Eildon by seven. Now um, let's put Eildon on top, 4-14. Merrigan defeated Tad Hilltop by 24-15-3 and Marupna Golf forfeited to East uh, due to COVID and a few unavailability over there, which is disappointing. But anyway, that's the way it is. Murchison thrashed Seymour by 65-18 sips. So Seymour obviously yeah. had to get a few players, yeah. a few I, I, social bowlers into the I hope everyone's lineup. on the mend. We do. Uh, Division 4, round 6, Seymour VRI defeated Tad Hilltop by 18, 18 zip. Yarrow defeated Park by a massive 60, 18 zip, which is a surprise result. Seymour lost to Tally by 10, 4, 14. And East 77 lost to Kyabram, 96, 2, 16. In Division 3, Shep Golf in a close one defeated Avenal by three shots, 15, 3. Stanhope defeated Park by 17, 16, 2. Marupna Defeated Rushworth, a big upset this one, by 34 shots, 18 zip. Good uh, result for them, though, yeah. Yeah, Rushy coming down from Division 2 last year. Nagambi defeated Seymour, Premiership favourites by one shot, 14-4. Yeah, that that was at Nagambi, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, big upset, but uh, Nagambi always goes well at home, so well done to them. And uh, might be the loss that Seymour needs because we know that they advanced to the grand final last year without losing a game. and. Yep. Tally rolled them, so... Well, Seymour did have a few out because of the... Oh, yeah, for COVID. obvious reasons, yeah. yeah. that's right. But still, great effort by Nagambi, who've come up from Division 4. Yes. Division 2, round 6. Tad Hilltop by 25 over Marupna Golf, 17-1. Park thrashed by Yaroa by 51 shots, 0-18. Mm. Tally, a big upset also by 5. Uh, they won 14-4. Against Shep Golf. Shep Golf, yes. A Shep Golf side that had John Hallam skipping, uh, Paul Truen and Brad Robinson down from Division 1. So it wasn't um, like they were lacking any any firepower. Well, it just illustrates that Telly's going to be, they're, well, they're going to be really in contention for the, a Division 2 final, I Yeah, believe. they'll be like, solid, yep. Kai defeated a week in East by 22 shots, 17-1. In Division 1, Round 6, East by 12 over Marupna, 14-4. Well under East? Yeah, I actually picked East. Um, so I, 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 thought, I thought they'd be hard to beat at home, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tad Hilltop uh, down by only nine in impressive performance against Kai Abram, 94-103. Always tight between those two, though. I think regardless of uh, ladder positions and form, uh, they always seem to get themselves up for each other, these two. Yeah, so four handy points there for Tad Hilltop. Yep. They're definitely competitive. Shep Golf, Fresh Park by 51 in a whitewash, 18 zip. Yep. In the match of the round. Yeah, look, um, Josh Warren was well up against Brad Orr. He was, I think he had him about 10 1 and went down by two in the end or, or reeled him in late. And um, and Paul Warren sort of was nip and tuck with, with Alan Dove all day. So they were in two rinks. The other two were very heavily one sided. There was only 15 shots in it at Smoko, but after that, um, Park really dropped away. And. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it might have been on the cards, given the golf's depth. But, um, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, I would have hoped to have picked up at least one or two rinks there. So It just shows you the, the, the um, difference between top 
the top three and yes. and the fourth side Def- in contention. And definitely, too, I think it's um, looking at some of the results, too, it definitely probably indicated that some players were a bit jaded and um, and tired after a big week at the Vic Open. You know, Brad Orr probably didn't have his best day, managed to get over the line. We played against Alan Dove, and he won the, the men's pairs. And, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I was impressed with the way that he bowled on, on Saturday. Cole Powell was the big difference in, in that rink. Um, so, yeah, um, and even looking at the tally result as well, Brian, which you're going to touch on. Yeah, well, Stan Ape in a good performance mm. against Tally Grootner, last year's Premier's down by only 15 shots, yeah. sharing the rinks four each. Um, I mean, two rinks each, four points to 14 the overall. And it was interesting that David Crackers Keenan played third to Ben Fletcher, ben Fletcher and he, Ben won his first game. Yeah. And an underrated player, he, he's always... Com- He's never really got any kudos down there, and that's uh, their former president in... Greg Fitzpatrick. Greg Fitzpatrick. Um, he's won a couple of games this year, which is... Beat Mitch Sidebottom. Yeah. yeah. So, well done to him and his rink. Yeah, and um, and Ben Fletcher over Mark Ryan, which, again, you know, Mark won two events at the Vic Open, and Mitch sort of went deep in the singles, which is, you know, you've still got to, you've still got to um, turn up and play your best, but... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always hard after a long week of bowls to get yourself up for pennant. But uh, the results probably went to according to plan, I'd say, Brian. Yeah, it's a, it, went to, it definitely went to plan there, no problem. Um, looking at the midweek results from the Tuesday just gone, uh, we had in Division 5, I'll just bring them up, Round 6, Shepparton Park and Yaroa Drew, 41 shots apiece, 7 points all. Uh, Marupna pipped E. Shepparton, 33 shots to 31, 12-2. Uh, Avenal beat Rushworth, 50-33, and Colburn Avon swept Violettown, 52-37. Uh, looking ahead at Division 4, uh, again, that was round 8. Uh, Kyabram forfeited against Alexandra, so they pick up all 16 points there. Tad Hilltop, too good for Merch, 65-53. Eildon went to Merrigan and had a good win, 64-51. Dookie swept Seymour, 79-35. And East Shep, far too good for Shep Park, 75-39. Uh, looking at Division 3 midweek, uh, we had round 8 there. Uh, another draw, East Shepparton and Namurka. Good result for East Shepparton heading over there, 64 shots apiece. East Shep got the lion's share of the points, 9-7. Nagambi pipped Seymour VRI, uh, 75 to 70 uh, 12 points to four, so they only had one rink win there. Uh, Shep Park, too good for Shep Golf, 83-61. Yaroa beat Marupna Golf, 82-69. And Seymour in a tight... Uh, sorry, Kyabram in a tight one against Avenal at home, 72-69. Looking at Division 2, uh, just bringing it up here, sorry. Round 8 as well, it was Stanhope. Only won one rink at Shepparton Park, but it was enough to get the job done. 70 shots to 68. Seymour in another close one. This is a pretty good result for them. 74-71 at Shepparton Golf. Again, only won one rink, so a bit of a theme there. East Shepparton, far too good for Marupna Golf, as Brian alluded to. 95-51. Kyabram beat Marupna, uh, 77-62. And Tad Hilltop at home, too good for Tally, 79-69. Only won one rink as well, so a bit of a theme there in Division 2. Looking at Division 1, a uh, couple of tight games here. It was round 6. Uh, 
East Shepparton uh, swept Uroa 70 to 61. So only nine shots in it overall, won all three rinks to continue their good start to the season. Seymour got the job done at home against Kyrum 82 uh, 72. The reigning Premier's Hilltop, they got on the board. 80 shots to 65 at Rushworth, which is a good win. And the match of the round was Shepparton Park heading over to Shepparton Golf and beating them 72-64. This game was close all day, but Mark Thorne had a big win skipping there, which will give her a lot of confidence. Uh, She won 32-17 against Wayne Gribble, and that was decisive in the end. So just looking at the Div 1 ladder in midweek after everyone's played five games, East Shepparton on top on 58 points. Three wins, a loss, and a draw. Uh, followed by Shep Park, the same win-loss draw record, 53. Shep Golf, that was, their, that was their first loss of the year, 52 points. Seymour's in fourth on 44. Tat Hill top, the reigning premiers on 40. Then Kybram, 37. Rushworth, 24. And Yaroa bringing up the rear on 12. So that's your midweek review of um, pen and action. Brian, do you want to jump into the upcoming weekend? Yeah, I'll just I was going to do a midweek preview. Yep. Um, in I'll just go through the winners in Division Five. I'm going for Avonall, Violet Town, Rushworth, and Colburn Avon. Colbo versus Parks, the match of the day. Third versus second. In Division Four, round nine, uh, the match of the day is Kyabram six versus Tadhill top fourth. Uh, I'm going for Kai to win at home, and then I'm going for Park, Dookie. Alexandra and Eildon. Okay. And Division 3, the match of the day is Park 3rd versus Kai 2nd. I'm going for Park at home. And the other winners are Yamurka, VRI, East and Avenal. In Division 2, the match of the round is Kai Abram, uh, Kai Abram versus Park. I'm going for Kai at home. And the other winners, East... Your mob. Yeah, over Tat, who were fifth. Seymour to defeat Marupna and Stanhope to defeat Marupna Golf and Shep Golf to defeat Tally. And in Division 1, uh, the match of the round would be Park versus... Seymour, isn't it? Seymour fourth, Park second. I'm going for Park at home. Rushworth to defeat Yaroa. Tat Hilltop to go down to Shep Golf at home and East to defeat Kai Abram at Kai, that should be an interesting game as well. Yeah, look, I think, um, yes, Shep Park at home should be too good for Seymour and obviously given some of the difficulties Seymour's had. But I agree, a lot of interest in the in the uh, East Kyabram game. Kyabram's sort of been a little up and down to start the season but um, and, and, and East has been really strong. But uh, looking like a tight Division 1 midweek pennant competition at this stage. Definitely is, definitely is. Do you Ash. want to jump into Saturday this week, Brian? Have you got yep. those? Yep. Yeah, I'll just quickly go through these. Weekend Division 7, uh, Round 7. I'm going for um, Alex to defeat Avenal. Violet Town to go down to Eildon. And Rushworth to defeat Seymour. Division 6. Shep Golf to go down to Park. Stanhope to defeat Kai. Yay to defeat Dookie at home. And Yaroa to defeat Marupna. In Division 5, Round 9, Alex to defeat Colbo, Dookie to defeat Tad Hilltop, Eildon to defeat East, Merrigan to defeat Seymour VRI and Murchison to defeat Marupna Golf. Division 4, Round 7, I'm going for Seymour 
to go to uh, to the Beachhead Park. Kai to defeat Tad Hilltop, Tally to defeat East, and VRI to defeat Uroa. Division three. Stanhope to defeat Rushworth, Nagambi to defeat Avenal, Seymour to defeat Marupna and Shep Park to defeat Shep Golf. Division two. Shep Golf to defeat Park, Tad Hilltop to defeat to go down to Kyabram. East to defeat Tally. And your rolls to defeat Marupna Golf. Geez, that's a big prediction. Tally's just rolled Shep, Shep Golf, and you tip an East to knock them off. No, I've got three players back in, and we're at home on our car, but I reckon we can beat Kai. Okay. They were disappointing yeah. last week. And uh, and um, Tally's obviously had to bring two or three up from their twos to their ones with a few out this week, so it might impact their depth in the twos. So maybe not a bad well, shot. Well, Shep Golf had a big 65-shot win against them two weeks ago. Yeah, Yep, yeah, no, maybe not a bad shout. I look forward to that. There's a bit of interest in that game, yeah. I think. Yep. Brian's just back in his own form in, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Round seven, Division one. We've got Kai Abram third are playing East seventh. and On, I, on Friday. Friday night. All roads lead to Kai Abram. Um, I'm feeling like I should go over there now and support the local team, not Alex Ma- Marshall. Marshall the troops. Marshall the troops. Oh, I'm going for... I'm going for Kai to win a clean sweep by, yeah. by about 50 shots. Well, I think, um, you know, obviously Kai be looking to to try and claim all points on offer after Tad Hilltop gave him a bit of a push last week and, and managed to split the rinks with them. So um, certainly if they're wanting to make sure that they're firmly entrenched inside that top three and, um, I think they'd be eyeing off the double chance. You really need to capitalise on these games that you really should be winning 18-0, and I think they'll do that on Friday. And I think there's, there's a special um, – I think Brett, Brent Reiner and Jeff Beattie will be very keen to inflict a, as big a defeat as they can because uh, I think, you know, we, we were disappointed to, to lose them, but there's a little bit more in that um, – in what happened, and I think they'll be keen to show what uh, East Shepherd have lost out on. I, I note with interest too that um, the Connor Truans playing third to Brent Rayner, um, and Alex Marshall will be skipping, and Glenn Fields will be third. So whether that's um, whether that Rayner Truan combination, I know they played pairs together at the Vic Open, um, and and they are starting the team up a little bit more. Whether that's something that happens ongoing once. Alex Marshall comes back out of the side. Glenn Fields might slot up and skip that fourth rink and they'll leave that combination together. Well, Jeff Beattie hasn't been skipping. He, he's missed a few games. He's been playing third. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so th- I think they're still very much tinkering with their combinations, as Brent sort of alluded to. Um, they do have quite a few options there, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens probably after this game in terms of what they go with, because they'll, they'll play um, Shep Park the last two rounds before Christmas. So, I agree, it'll be 18-0, but it's great to see marquee players, especially of Alex Marshall's calibre, in the GV. And uh, if you're not doing anything out in Kyabram, get down for some cheap beers and some good bowls. Thanks very much, Tyler. I agree with that. I can occur with those comments. Park fourth play Tad Hill top fifth. Super uh, crucial. I'm going for Park at home. I think the home ground, their, their greens are very good there. And, you know, I think they're, they they handle the grass pretty well and I think they'll just have the edge on Hillside. Potential to be a bit of a banana peel, though, Ash, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, look, 
To be honest, I, I think across the board, Park's really struggling with player unavail- uh, unavailabilities and depth. If you looked at the results last week and you look at where our sides are on the ladder, I think our Division 1's fourth and we were top after you know before last week's loss. The 2's are seventh, the 3's the threes are seventh. I think the fours are sixth, and and the division six are second. But you know, I think we had fourteen or fifteen out again this week, and it's really impacting who we, who we can pick across the grades. And we're probably finding that, um, you know, the demographic and things like that, where we're really struggling to fill our sides with with quality, sort of at the top end. Um, Dylan Hearns out this week, which is a huge out, given that he'd made the move up to third for Josh Warren just last week and played really well. Um, so Josh Warren will have his third third in three games, and that ring's sort of been really struggling a bit. They're one and three, um, and Ernie Salvamini gets the third job this week, who's probably more renowned as a leader. Um, so I think it, you know um, it, we really need that ring to maybe give us some confidence and um, and the others to sort of really rally around him. Paul Warren's had a couple of losses in a row. Paul Nichols had his first loss last week, so um, we'll have to be on our game. Um, and I, I note with uh, noted with interest in Hilltop sides. Jason Carter, the KFC man's back with his trusty mate Pete Lasur as third and skip. So um, they're obviously going going in really confident, and they've put some of their combinations back. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, apprehensive going into the game. But you brought Kate Bush as playing a first game. She she played last week as a second to Josh. She'll Did go she, back to was that she just come in at the last minute or um, no? She was picked on the Tuesday yeah, okay. and um, has been going quite well in Division Two. Um, but see what where I'm sort of getting to with the with the depth issues. You know, when someone's out and we've had as many unavailable as we have, and the twos are sitting second bottom at the moment, makes it very hard to bring someone up from the twos with a lot of confidence that they can play the role. Like um, Kate's gone back down to leading for Josh this week, and they've brought in Ray Salwood, who has been struggling with a with a hip uh, complaint. Um, he didn't even play at all last week, so I'm not sure whether he's 100% fit to go. So that was a bit of a head-scratcher for mine to bring someone in who didn't even play at all last week straight into the ones when, um, you know, we're coming off a big loss. So, um, yeah. Did Dennis Beck get uh, omitted or was he... Um, he? He hasn't played a Division 1 game this year. He started really well in Division 2. He won his first couple skipping and um, he's, he's still skipping in the twos there. I think it's, it's probably more a, a role thing for Dennis. Like if he's going to come into the ones, you, you can probably only play as a third um, or a skip. Um, you know, it's prob- you're probably sort of wasting your time putting him in as a second or a lead because um, he sort of likes to play aggressively through the head. So um, I-, I thought he might have been the one to get an opportunity for Josh this week, but they've gone another way. So hopefully we can make it work and get back on the board after the golf result. Next game. Who else have we got? Kyle We've Abram. got Marupna 8 playing Stanhope 6th. Okay, this will be an interesting one. Uh, obviously, Marupna would have really fancied their chances last week against East Shepherd and didn't quite get the job done. But um, they've been roundabouts in a couple of games and they're picking up rinks here and there. So, um, you know, Stanhope... They've been they've been going reasonably well as well. Had the upset against Tad Hilltop earlier in the year, pushed Shep Park, um, and then also nabbed a couple of rinks off Tally last week. So I think they'll be too strong for Marupna, but I wouldn't be surprised if Marupna does pick up a couple of rinks. Are Marupna playing on the grass or still on their carpet? Not too sure what, what the state of their greens is. I'd imagine that they would have had a bit of time in recent weeks to get out and prepare the grass. But um, yeah. I drove past it uh, this week and it looked all right, but... Um 
I'm still unclear whether, whether they're playing on it or not. Yeah. I, I reckon Marupner will snag a couple of rinks, but it's DNA overall. Yeah, and look, the addition of um, Keenan as well as their coach, and he'll give Ben Fletcher a lot of confidence if he stays as his third. I, I have no doubt he, he might even skip at some stage during the year, but it's a good addition to have sort of halfway through the year. Oh, it certainly is. And in the last game, I've got Tally second um, versus Shep Golf, who are top. A replay of last year's grand final. Uh, these two sides, they always, they always have a good contest. Um, this will be no exception, I don't think. My, my understanding, this one, uh, originally the clubs had struck an agreement to play this on a Friday night, and um, I think this is at tally, and uh, for whatever reason it didn't suit golf anymore, so they're going to play it on a Saturday, which means that because Tally's only got four rinks in action at the moment, they're Division 4, they've, they've got two sides at home, um, but they've only got four rinks, so their Division 4 will have to find somewhere to host their game, um, and this one will go ahead on Saturday instead. Tally's going to be a little bit undermanned, I think they've got at least two or three changes. I know Brandon Baldwin's earned promotion from Division 2 to Division 1, so good luck to Brandon in his first Division 1 game for Tally. Um, but I think sort of having seen golf for close up firsthand last week, they're going to have, to, like looking at the difference from the grand final last year, they're going to have far too much firepower, I think, for Tally, who to me are probably still um, a couple of thirds short, I think. Um, whereas you look at golf side from 1 to 16, it's pretty solid across the board. So I, th- I think golf will be too strong in this one. Well, Rod's still still out too. Rod's still out, did you say? Rod still <laughs> is still out. So he's a big loss. He's a quality player. And he, this is, I think it's, well, it's at least his second or third game out of the team. Yeah, and he um, and he's probably one of the thirds that they could easily slot in and, and, and would do a really good job, whereas now they're sort of um, having the pull from the Division 2 and it, um, you know, compared to a rampaging golf side, it leaves them a, a little bit short for mine. Golf for me as well. Uh, we uh, would be remiss. Sorry, you got something else, Brian? Uh, I'm going to go for golf, but I reckon Telly will win two rinks. Yep. Fair enough. And we would be remiss uh, not to mention probably uh, unlucky to not be the biggest event of the weekend with uh, Alex Marshall uh, maybe usurping him a little bit. But uh, Ken Sutcliffe rolls out for his 600th game of pennant on Saturday for Euroa. Ah. He's been a, a one-club star for 38 years and has had a cheeky rest from midweek this week. Uh, he says it was COVID, but I just wonder if he was... You know, lining up the marquee game to the marquee slot on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Division 2 against Marupna Golf. Um, obviously, he's been a, a stalwart of the region and um, there's a good feature in Friday's Shepparton News. Outstanding. Um, with uh, Zach Standish has had a chat to him. Uh, had to sort of um, pull the teeth a little bit uh, to, to get some uh, comment out of him. He, he, I hear he turned down a, an opportunity to go on the uh, 1FM Bowl show uh, this week, according to he, my sources. He's, he's quite a humble man, um, Suddy. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine he would have enjoyed talking about himself too much. But 600 games for one club is a fantastic achievement. I remember the old feature, Brian, you probably remember of her prior, which I think he might have played, was it 1,000 or 900 or something like that? Um, for one club, it's a fantastic achievement. And make no mistake about it, he would have had plenty of offers over the years to leave Yarrower, and he's always stayed true to them. That is uh, touched on in the story, um, and uh, I suppose what stands out to me most is that although Yarrower hasn't obviously been playing the top div each side uh, each year, uh, Sutcliffe has played all 600 of those in Yarrower's top division. 
um, whether in URL's top side, whether that be midweek or, yeah. or weekend, and no, um, he's, he's barely missed a game across the journey. He's a star, and uh, we inducted him in the Hall of Fame, well deserved. And uh, yeah, I got a message thanks to Mark Stevens. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for bringing it up. I hate to leave that out of the program, but uh, yeah, great effort, Kenny, and I hope you have a good game. And I will get you on the microphone when you're at least expecting it. Um, Roving it, Brian will be over there. He's uh, obviously brother of Jeff too, an Australian representative. And geez, imagine the because uh, uh, they had a, they had their own rink set up at the family home. I think growing up, or they did. And uh, imagine the jewels they, those two would have had uh, practicing at home. You know. Uh, Drive, driving practice and drawing practice and little 21-up games and things like that that uh, would have been fiercely contested, no doubt. Yeah, from what I hear, um, I uh, Ken showed a bit more promise than Jeff, but I don't think he had to... Jeff was one of those guys who practiced for two hours a day or more. And and Ken, obviously, they had lived on a farm. Ken probably practiced for one hour a day, you know? Yeah. I'm only surmising that. Which is, which is still an hour more than the three of us combined, I'd imagine. No doubt about that. I, I, I just, I, I, I will. I don't like being self-indulgent too much, but I will tell a story about Ken. My first Division One game, year I was over in Division One, and I, um, I played lead or second for Dennis Smythe, and we drew Ken Sutcliffe, and he just picked up the arm. Um, he'd not long picked it up, and he's beca- since become a master of it, as we all know. Um, and first Division One game, and we actually got an eight, Brian. It's the only eight I've ever got in pennant. In my first Division 1 game, Suddy drove and took their closest bowl out and Dennis had the last bowl. We had seven and he and he drew it in for the eighth shot. So there's there's a little story for Suddy there. Your first Division 1 game, you got an eight against Kenny Suckley. Yeah. You're allowed a few, mis- a few mistakes over 600 <laughs> games, I suppose. Yeah, and just to conclude, uh, from me, I spoke to Alan Rogers and the grand final this year in Division 1, he tells me that the consensus is that the players want it to be held on a Saturday. Um, well, it's hard to argue with the chairman, but I thought it was the other way around. I got the vote last year to play it on a Sunday, so I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, we didn't have a referendum or anything on it, and I still feel it should be played on Sunday to showcase the best bowlers. Do you agree, Ash, Tyler? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, and certainly with the coverage that we've been able to provide the last couple of years, having it on the on the Sunday and the atmosphere there, particularly last year, I mean, who could forget the, the Tally Garupna fairy tale um, on the Sunday with all of that, those bowlers there who just won the Division 3 and 5 premierships and Shep Golf had a fair contingent there as well. I don't know whether it's the right call for mine. I, I like the atmosphere of the Sunday, but uh, I don't particularly mind the the Saturday grand final as long as it's not on the same day as the Murray grand final. Uh, well, it or, will or, be. Well, then I'm against it, Brian, because the 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 whole entire point of having one uh, operating body for for two competitions is to get the most out of both of them. Yes, and playing the grand final on the same day of the top division. Would be ridiculous. I agree with you mm. wholeheartedly. It 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 detract from both competitions. But as really. far as I know, Murray's running in conjunction with us their games and everything. They've got the similar. They've got the same draw, same timetable as the Golden Valley. Or is maybe Murray wanting to move to Sunday? Well, is I'll that, leave that, you with that no. homework to do, Brian, because uh, I know how much you love homework. We're uh, I said short and sharp, and we've gone over fifty minutes again, but that's <laughs> all right. Thanks very much for tuning in. After the Jack, I'll uh, go and 
make sure I get this online tonight. Ash, thanks for uh, joining us for another week. Thanks for everything you do, Tyler. Appreciate it. And Brian, thank you again. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you, listeners. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.